to part two of this York special of the SBK betting podcast, looking ahead to Friday and really Saturday. That's what we're going to be focusing on. We're recording on Thursday of this Ebor festival with the small matter of the Ebor puzzle to solve. That's uh, all to come with Tom Collins and Ross Miller, as always. But first, we must look back, as said, uh, recording Thursday morning after the dust has settled on an excellent day one. There were two standout races from a tactical masterclass point of view from my opinion uh, the Judmont International of course being one of them uh, a forerunner race is always was always going to turn into a tactical affair and it was Frank Tatori and Mostadaf who were able to overturn uh, convincingly Paddington Nashua was uh, in between the two and Frankie essentially bossed it from the front and the fastest running of the race since uh, the great Sea of the Stars. And uh, Tom Collins, we left you on Monday feeling a bit sorry for yourself, something to do with a Saudi chicken wrap of some sort. But I am sure that ride, that result has made you feel far better. And there he is, smile on your face, tells it all. Yeah, it did make me feel a little bit better, I have to say, especially after Gregory lost in the Great Voltage, my nap of the first day of the York Ebor Festival. I needed this tonic uh, and it was a good ride by Frankie. I thought he got it wrong. We might touch on Gregory in more detail in a second, but I thought he got it wrong in that race. So it just showed that his experience and his tactical nous to come back 35 minutes later and just dominate the uh, Jumont International from the front. Paddington didn't even run a subpar race, despite me saying uh, prior to the event when we previewed it that I th- thought he might. And in the immediate aftermath in our group chat saying he probably ran uh, a subpar race. Look at the RPRs. He ran to one, two, four. Maybe that's one or two pounds below his best, but at the same time, he was beaten by a horse who was one or two, much more than one or two pounds better on the day. So I think it was just about race position, how the track was playing, and just Frankie's brilliance. Yeah, he he, he had a plan in his head. He said after the race that himself and John Gosden had hatched the plan and they knew exactly how to, to ride him this time, which kind of caught everyone by surprise. Mostadaf has never been ridden in this way before, but it really suited him indeed. Probably caught Ryan Moore a little bit off guard, I thought, because you kind of saw, you saw him getting into the second position, but you think that he probably would have been happy to have been taking the lead as well. Ross, um, I know that it's uh, it's brilliant in this these kind of race meetings to see jockeys like Ryan Moore and Frankie Dettori at their very best. And as TC touched upon, it was Ryan Moore who got it spot on, just was very, very patient in the race before a ball, a ball continuous and sort of let the race pan out ahead of him and they just went too too fast and he was the one that was able to pick it out and probably was flattered a little bit but still it was his judgment that won it whereas it was Frankie's judgment that won the Judmont International so I think it was race riding that really won the day yesterday. Yeah absolutely I mean I think Frankie seemed very one-dimensional on Gregory didn't he so he, he was going to lead no matter what and was was three ride three wide round the bend and just from a very early stage it was obvious he'd set far too hard of fractions and I think you know a jockey of his caliber and experience shouldn't really make him that that mistake he, he did set an overly fast pace I know they tried to say afterwards they were very happy with it as a prep for the St Ledger but I don't I don't think truthfully they, they think that and, and Ryan Moore you could see was just letting them get further and further ahead and must have had a wry smile to himself sort of halfway up the home straight because he was going to pick them up at any point he he liked um as a result, I think it's an unsatisfactory uh, ledger for us punters and viewers for the Scent Ledger because uh, I just don't quite know what to what to make of it. Would you go again with continuous against Gregory over at mile six? I'm I'm not sure because I, I think Gregory's uh, run was certainly compromised by the ride he was he was given, um, and then 
conversely, Frank, you got it absolutely spot on. I think you're right. I think Ryan, you could almost see the surprise in his face. He jumped out the gate, expecting he was going to be able to set his own fractions. And all of a sudden, Frankie had poached three lengths off him. And it was always going to be hard work to get back from there. Paddington's head character was being the subject of discussion. Uh, certainly, I think, was notable. Um, now, whether that's, as TC had mentioned in the, in the run-up, that he'd had a number of runs in a short space of time, I'm more inclined to think it was perhaps just the, the, the firm ground. I'm exaggerating that slightly awkward head carriage, but I don't think there's any fluke about the result whatsoever. No, not not at all. And Aidan O'Brien and even Brian Moore, who was very good and very um, reflective in defeat, was saying that he just was not feeling his most sparky self. And Aidan O'Brien just said he might have just stretched the elastic that little bit too far with a horse that has been running a lot this season, as we know, and it was just one too many. And there aren't that many that can do it. And I think it just goes to show how just brilliant um, Giants Causeway the Iron Horse was because he was able to do it. And lucky to see horses able to go from uh, essentially a couple of weeks to a couple of weeks doing it. But no doubt Mossadaf was absolutely cherry ripe for this. Um, where he'll go next is really intriguing. Um, maybe it might be the Breeders' Cup Classic, which was a win and you're in for. Um, but uh, I think John Godston wasn't too um, interested in, in firming up any plans. But yeah, I, I, we really liked and really enjoyed watching watching it from a, a tactical element and, you know, just reminds us of, of Frankie Dettori and how, how good he is on these big stages. And he will be a loss, no doubt about it, even though it is... Uh, running out quite a long, long farewell tour. Um, and uh, But we'll we'll see how he gets on for the next couple of days. And it was actually his ride on Trollman last year that was given a huge amount of praise for the way that he he gave that, what the ride that he gave the horse. And it was one of his 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 specials. Um, and uh, we'll see how he it plays out this, um, this weekend at York. Because looking at the, the updates, it was interesting to see, you know, who... Where, who Frankie was going to be on board, and he is riding absurd. Rab Havlin, as normal, is on Sweet William, who comes into this with a four-pound penalty. Um, he looks to be, and he's bred to be, possibly the classic group horse in a, in a handicap. His owner, not necessarily massive fan of this race, but they're here nonetheless. Um, he is well in based on what he's done. He seems very versatile. Uh, he's free from three from his last three, and everything does, I suppose, look in his favor, especially being the age he is, being quite lightly raced. You know, it just from a stats and trends perspective, TC, he looks quite obvious. Is it? Is it that boring? He is obvious, and he definitely deserves to be favorite. I'm not saying that he doesn't by any stretch, but. The thing with Sweet William is he's so highly strung, yet he's a stayer. And th that combination doesn't really work out. You can have highly strung sprinters and they can be fantastic. Highly strung uh, stayers, you tend to see them perform well for a certain period of time when they're against inferior position. But as soon as they step up in grade, if one thing goes wrong, the whole race goes wrong. You cannot win. And with Sweet William, I feel like we're just this far away from something happening in his head during the race and him going, yeah, I don't want to win today. So... I think four to one on a horse like this is very short. Um, that's not to say he can't win. I just think he's very risky. And the risk be reward in this situation, in this kind of big competitive uh, handicap contest, I think the, the uh, risk outweighs the reward. So I have to take Sweet William on. Now, I found it difficult because there isn't many in, in here that you know have cast iron claims like Sweet William does. 
you know, you can make a case for both Willie Mullins horses, maybe real dream for Sir Michael Stout as well after an impressive win last time out. Uh, but I'm going to go for one at a bigger price, and that's Jessica, Jessica Harrington trained Yashin, who I think is around 18 to 1, 16 to 1, which I think is, uh, you know, pretty fair in this race. Now, he's also a four-year-old, so he's still unexposed. He's also quickly developed into a really nice stayer, despite being by Churchill. Um, and his Savile Beg victory, two starts back, is the piece of form that I'm kind of clinging on to here. Not only did he come from off the pace on a track that is definitely speed biased and speed favouring every single time uh, they race there, but also the form is working out substantially well. You know, Dawn Rising, who finished behind him, went on to win the Queen Alexandra at Royal Ascot. Akita Sushi, also in behind him, won the Duke of Edinburgh at Royal Ascot and impressively uh, enough as well. And then Emily Dickinson, who, yes, wouldn't have been suited by the ground in this race specifically. So you can't take this piece of form literally for her. She went on to win the Curra Cup and also finish second in the Goodwood Cup. So the form looks very strong. Now, last time Yashin ran uh, on soft ground, hates soft ground. So just put a complete bold line through that. There is no way that is a true reflection of his ability. His mark of 105 seems very fair to me for a, a proper group horse. I think 18 to 1, 16 to 1 is very fair for, for a horse that has a high ceiling, maybe not as high as Sweet William, but definitely an, uh, an improving and lightly race type in this race, Jess. Okay. And from what you know from going back years gone by with this, it's obviously a handicap, but is it quite a compressed handicap nowadays? Would Do you think that we should take too much into account by how much weight one's getting from another? Or, is, or do you feel like they're sort of nearly much of a muchness? I always feel that weight is uh, used as a big excuse or a big reasoning as to why you should go for one horse or another, but I don't think it's that much of a difference. You know, if a horse carries one pound or more, and I know plenty of people are going to have opposite opinions, but if a horse carries one pound than another, more than another horse, I don't feel like that's anything. I feel like that's zero. The horse wouldn't really know. Uh, they're just very similar types. So unless it's like a huge two-stone difference or a horse is a stone well in, for example, in a race, then I tend to leave weights out of it. I think he's... Nine stone eight is perfectly fine, and the mark of one hundred five is lenient. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, Nashin is um, uh, definitely a, a, a very classy type of horse, and unlike a lot of them, has actually got that sort of group success form in his book. And uh, interesting, Shane Foley coming over. There's a lot of racing this weekend, especially at the Curra as well. Um, but he's he's here for the big ride. It is obviously worth um, a, a good deal of money, and um, I think it gets an automatic entry into the Melbourne Cup as well, which a lot of horses, a lot of connections will be eager to get to. Um, okay, so Yashin for for TC Ross, I love this race. I think it's a very good renewal of the race as well. Um, I think horses are pan out for it. There, it's kind of a race of two halves to me. Those ones that are sort of the unexposed types who are going the race right way, progressing quite nicely, and then there's a kind of sort of older handicappers that um kind of always pitch up and you feel like they're always going to be a good each way price and then Willie Mullins likes to throw a couple in as well we don't really know necessarily how how good they are what kind of horse do you like for the evil uh, I echo what what TC has said first and foremost I, mean, I think sweet sweet William is just got to got to got to improve in this in this big field handicap and I think there's every chance he won't and I I think I heard Philippa Cooper, the owner, say she doesn't like this race. It's not a nice race. And it's a, it's a flat race on a nice track. I can only assume she's talking about it in terms for this horse that she and she is worried that this is going to boil him up and they'll and they'll lose him. So I could overlook him. I, I can see the appeal of the Willie Mullins, too, but it's purely because they're trained by Willie Mullins. And I think you've you're taking a lot of faith in, in just his ability if you're if you're backing them. 
like TCI, I found it very difficult. Yashin was was last off my shortlist. I've gone down with two. Um, Tashcan, um, 25 to 1, has form that ties him in with Scriptwriter, who's a much shorter price. He was beaten just three quarters of a length in the John Smith's Cup Group 3 over this track, and he had to cut out a lot of the running on, on that occasion. He raced far closer to the to the far side rail, whereas uh, the winner and, and um, Scriptwriter came up the middle of the track, so I don't think he was exactly helped by that. Um, and he's a group horse dropping back into into handicaps. Um, he's he's not a, a top notch group horse, but the fact of the matter is, this year, this time last year, he was third uh, in a group two. Um, he's been rated as high as 115, 116, he's now for 105. The concern is the ground, but there is rain forecast for Saturday morning. Not an awful lot of it, but just enough. I mean, he he would cope with good. He just wouldn't want plenty of firm ground in it um so he was he was on the list and then the other one is just another really consistent horse particularly this season that's hms president ross Ryan. i thought was a was a good booking uh, a good second last time over a mile and four um stepping back up to to this mile six will will help him um he's up another five pound that is the concern but unlike a lot in this field he will like the ground um, I think there's plenty of stairs in here that are going to want a bit more cut. If the rain doesn't come, I was keen to have something that would go on the ground. He's got plenty of form on good ground or quicker, certainly back when he was younger over shorter distances. Um, I just think he's in a, in a right old vein of form uh, and he has to be on your list. And Alan King, as we know, is a master trainer of stairs on the flat. Yeah, he was actually the last of my list, HMS president. I'm just trying to remind myself why I didn't keep him on. I think I just wanted to keep it for a small enough reason wanted to add put one horse ahead of him but HMS president it feels like he's been panned out for this race ever since that near career best wasn't it at Royal Ascot when he was second to Akita Sushi and what was a a really good race and they've sort of left him alone kept him fresh and I think keeping him fresh is is really ideal for him he's got a very good race record at Ascot so I think sometimes potentially Ascot's just, just suited him he's obviously um, and also Newmarket as well. He likes long, big sort of galloping tracks. So you'd imagine York um, should as well. He's only run there once. So um, HMS President, I can see a good case for him at, at 20 to 1. Um, and that's for Ross and Tashkan as well, another one. So a good two, two good value plays also against the, the sort of more obvious types at the, at the nearer the top of the list. And I suppose I... I was looking at these these ones right at the top and Sweet William, just because I, I can't go for a, I just wanted to find some bit of a better value, um, left him off. Um, Real Dream's the one that I've slightly been following this season. He's a four-year-old. He's a sort of a young improver. Um, and he he's just got low mileage. And I just like the way that he stepped up to one mile six with ease at Ascot last time. Perhaps the bit of softer ground did help. He's out with a fast rock. Mare, fast net rock mare by Lope de Vega um, but his form ties nicely in with Scampi who's my other selection but Real Dream is comes into this a lot fresher uh, any small bits of rain will help him he's got Ryan Moore on board and he's I think he's still very very progressive whereas a lot of these might just already have hit their ceiling or sort of swimming around a, a, a career best and they're still sort of trying to eke out a bit more improvement whereas we don't really know how good Real Dream is um, so, um, and that's the same for Sweet William, but he's a, a bigger price at eight to one. Um, and he's just gone through quite a slightly uh, a more of a 
under the radar um, route than Sweet William. So Real Dream, for me, along with Scampi, who I think, just a bit like HMS President, you can have worse 16 to 1 shots or sorts. He's had a fantastic season. I just hope the war wounds from the battle with Wooden Sun last time in the Sugar Cup at Ascot hasn't affected him too much. Um, I would have wanted him just a little bit fresher for this, but his his winning form at York from early in the season, he also ran a very good sixth in the John Smith's Cup over a trip just too short. He's got a four-pound penalty for his uh, his win last time, but he's just so reliable and likeable, and he really tries. So I think you can get worse, as I said, six to one shots um, for Scampi. So um, a kind of an array of selections for you to choose from, depending on who you think is put up the most convincing case between myself TC uh, and Ross so that's the e-ball always a bit of a puzzle let's hope that we found something um, and it's finding something outside of just the e-ball for Saturday that we, um, we're going to come on to next because uh, interestingly this year it, um, the York e-ball festivals clashed with Newmarket and their um, Somerville um, sales race we've also um, got a good racing at Goodwood there's Group threes at Windsor. There's good racing at the Curra, so it's kind of a good time of the year for you to be back, TC. I'm sure you you're enjoying um, looking forward to this weekend. And what have you found to add to what you've already given us for the evil? Yeah, really looking forward to this weekend's action over in the US as well as Saratoga. It's another fantastic day. So all in all, we've got great racing across the whole afternoon and evening. Um, my nap's going to be a pretty nice price, I think. We haven't got an opening show for the race just yet. Uh, but the horse in question is Mon Sleeve in the 4.45 at York. And despite Ross and I virtually copying each other's notes for the last few weeks, I think we're against each other in this race. Uh, now, this breeze-up purchase has looked professional in both his career starts. First time up, he won at York over five furlongs in typical Kevin Ryan novice fashion. Uh, he always sends his best two-year-olds to York, and this horse dominated from the outset. He beat a nice horse in second, who has unfortunately filled the same berth twice since. And the horse in third was Killian who's won a listed race at Sandown and subsequently been well fancied for a group race. Um, so he's pretty smart. You know, he finished eighth in a Norfolk. Uh, then Monmouth went to the Norfolk, ran pretty well himself, but he was in the wrong part of the track, finished second in his group. Um, the winner of his group was His Majesty for Aidan O'Brien, and he just ran a great race. But Monmouth ran perfectly respectably, given the way uh, the event panned out. Now, he's been given a 60-odd day layoff, which I think is a big positive in this race because two-year-olds don't necessarily want run after run after run. And you get to this point in the season and they've kind of run their best races and are ready for the winter and to progress into three-year-olds. Monmouth's just had the two starts. He's been kept fresh. I feel like this has always been the target since his debut win at the track. And hopefully he can go close at a nice price. Um, the next best comes at Windsor because I'm on Sky Sports Racing on Saturday evening. So... We're covering the card and thought I'd have a good look at it early doors. Um, and that is Mercian Warrior in the 550. He's a once race son of 2018, 2000 guineas winner, Saxon Warrior. And he took plenty of money on debut. Despite not going off a short price, he was a lot bigger in the morning. I think he went off nine to one. Um, and he justified some of that punter's uh, uh, promise and hope in him as well, because he ran a very nice race into third behind a horse who's pretty smart indeed in, in Shagran. He subsequently uh, run very well at Newbury um, and earning a mark of 97. So to beat him on debut would have taken you know, a monster performance. Mercer Moore will undoubtedly improve for that effort. We've already seen Eve Johnson-Horton uh, put out her best two-year-old this year, Indian Run, who was well-backed on debut, got beat, and subsequently won twice, including at York on Wednesday in a very nice display in the Acom. 
So it seems like Eve Johnson horses, uh, Eve Johnson Horton's horse is definitely improved for the first start. So I expect him to do that. And all he really faces in here is one Newbury debut winner who has to give him seven pounds. I think he's more than good enough to uh, justify uh, beating him. So Mercy Warrior in the 550 at Windsor is my next best. Okay, thank you for that. Um, yeah, uh, Eve Johnson Horton's, she had a little lull for about a couple of weeks, but um, her horse is running brilliantly um, again. And her two year olds have just been exceptional. Where she sources them as well is going to be quite notable for where I uh, get my, where I'm going to give you my nap in next best because it is the, that Somerville Tassel, Somerville Sales race. Um, and that's where she goes and finds a lot of her good yearlings. Okay, Ross, um, what, have, what are you looking forward to seeing this weekend? Well, before I get to my nap and next best, I I am looking forward to the 305 at Kalani. Uh, you were on holiday a couple of weeks ago and, and Tom and Adam derided me horribly for, for, for tipping a horse over at Kalani. Um, he's back again over two mile four, black tonic. He was given far too much to do last time. I was tempted to go in with him again, but I just couldn't bear the Mickey take until I've left him. But <laughs> if anyone... Followed me and believed in me. You would. You would. So the three hundred five Kalani Black Tonic. He's bound to get get the job done this time over two mile four. But the nap uh, does come against TC's uh, selection in the four forty five the listed contest. Uh, it's Richard Hannon trained Bahia, who have got a love hate relationship already, and he's he's only two years old. Um, he's brilliantly talented, but he's also mad. He's not always the most uh, straightforward to get in the stalls. But when he does, he invariably runs to a very high level. I know the yard were absolutely distraught that he didn't win on, on debut. But in hindsight, given Zulu Chief's run yesterday uh, in, when sluicing up in the nursery, it perhaps wasn't all that bad a run over six furlongs. Um, he then duly obliged um, at, at Newbury next time over six furlongs. was really impressive. Dropped back to, to five furlongs in the Malcolm last time at Goodwood on soft ground. Travelled much the best through the race and then just didn't quite let himself down on the soft ground I didn't think I think returning to a faster surface is is going to suit him well he's a really fast horse um, and although I take on board what TC said about this is going to be his fourth run now and probably his sixth trip to the races because he's not running the stores twice I still think he's a really smart uh, gelding um, and I expect him to win the 445 and then sticking with the juveniles at uh, the 205 from from Goodwood uh, Carla's way uh, is is the fancy of mine. Shawari is a is a filly I really like, but I just worry on this better ground on this track she's going to want a mile, and seven furlongs might just find her out. Carla's way was really impressive over the extended six uh, at Doncaster on debut, um, beating Star of Mystery who who runs today in the Lowther. Um, then went to uh, Ascot to the Albany, and I was quite surprised at that. I didn't think she looked to me that she was crying out to drop back to the to the sixth in the in the Albany, and I think she did find it all happening a bit too quick. She's been given plenty of time off, steps back up to seven furlongs, has a tongue tie fitted, um, but I think she'll get the measure of Shawari in the two hundred five at Goodwood. Okay, um, two um, two year old selections. Um, but here also, Big Edson's a big race in the Nunthorpe Six. That will that will help the case for for Bahir as well, who's just behind that that horse, and, and he adds a, a real nice flavour to the Nunthorpe Stakes on Friday. Um, okay, thank you for that. I am um, pleased that I've stayed away from the races that you've chosen. Um, don't want any more friendly or not so friendly competition on WhatsApp group. But um, I always look forward to the Melrose. It's a race that um, I. Um, I'm always looking for horses that are that are going to be sort of good enough to give this race a go. Um, so the Melrose is actually where my next best is. First of all, 
I will go for a two-year-old race though at Newmarket. As mentioned, um, this is the Tassel Somerville Auction Stakes, which is was a week later last year. Um, so um, we have a clash. It's, it's, it might go a little bit under the radar this time around, but there's some good two-year-olds, and these two-year-olds all purchased at the Tassel Somerville sale, which used to be the Ascot sale, kind of for lesser quality pedigree types, but some very good horses have come from the sale, including Relief Rally, who's um, a big favourite on the podcast. Um, but Watch My Tracer was also one of them, a horse for George Scott. Benoit de la Sayette's going to ride, ride on Saturday. He also was on board him at Windsor when he won his second novice. Um, so he's won two novice races, and in between that, he was a very good at seventh, um, just beaten just under five lengths by River Tiber in the commentary stakes. And we know how good form that is. Buccaneero Ferte was in there. River Tiber, I thought, still ran a very good race, despite apparently missing a key piece of work um, before the morning on Sunday. So I think that's very, very good form still. I still hold that. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing Watch My Tracer um, in this valuable sales race for the George Scott team. So that's my nap. My next best, as mentioned, the Melrose race that always look forward to seeing for the three-year-olds over one mile six. And I was at Goodwood when the goat absolutely bolted up. Yes, it was soft-ish ground. Um, yes, he's by Cracksman. So clearly he really appreciated it. So any little bit of rain um, should help. But I stood there and I said that this is Andrew Balding's Melrose horse at the time. And I would kick myself if I didn't hold myself to it at this stage. It's a great race. It always is. William Haggis and Andrew Balding have an excellent record in it as well. Um, but Andrew Balding um, only has a one runner and that is the GOAT. I think he's been laid out for it in, um, in general. Um, as I said, just would hope for a little bit of a little bit of rain, but he's around 10 to one. Um, and I don't think that's a bad each way price for this for this race at all. So looking forward to the Melrose on um, Saturday, as well as the Evil, as well as everything else, all the all the other races that we've given you naps and next best for as well. Um, could have gone to plenty. There's the city, um, city of York Stakes um, too, with uh, um, Kinross and Sacred. That's a that's a cracker as well. So. Uh, make sure you keep your um, uh, keep your, your TVs on with interest this weekend. Uh, thank you for, to TC and to Ross. Um, don't forget uh, all new SBK users. If you're listening to us for the first time, where have you been? But you will get £30 in free bets when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time. Don't forget to subscribe to whatever podcast channel you listen to and you can watch us on YouTube. And we will see you very, very soon. 